Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like sports ball. <laughs> yeah, I usually I actually have had college professors that were like, "Have fun on the sports ball this weekend. Don't die. <laughs> like I want to see you on Monday. <laughs> Don't die. No. I follow sports. Not I understand sports, but I'm not like I wouldn't say I'm like a fan. You're not know. a commentator on yeah. sports. A minute ago, like, Alex is like, Michigan is losing. I'm like, what are you talking about? What, is that, what does that mean? Robert's ever started. You fucking idiot. <laughs> Hey, what the fuck is up? It's State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. I'm Benjamin Klon. Zachary Reinhardt. Mara Zumberg. Alex Sahori. Joseph Hardy. We're coming to you from the studios at The Fledge in Lansing, Michigan. As we tape this, it is Saturday, September 21st, and thanks for joining us this week. Uh, holy shit, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, first things first, uh, Justin, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, um, was embroiled in a scandal, uh, this last few days, uh, where at least, at least three different pictures of him wearing blackface or brownface, uh, surfaced. That we know of. That we know yeah, of. Yeah, so far. And so far. he doesn't know if there are more or not. Right, right. He was, uh, he was, he was, uh, asked by reporters, like, how many times he's done this and he basically said i couldn't tell you i can't remember <laughs> that's a lot right that's like, a that's, lot. Like, like, give me a range that's 20 like to 30 more than to 200 10, less than 100 <laughs> <laughs> i was in blackface through most of my 20s it was just it was a world i was also blacked out you yeah know, <laughs> yeah Prime I Minister son and all yeah i don't like this reboot of aladdin at all <laughs> <laughs> And this is the problem with like casting white actors or like non uh ethnic actors to do uh ethnic parts is because you know your cast members like Justin Trudeau, Guy Ritchie, Justin Trudeau, I mean that's a connection, right? Um, <laughs> they're both white, yes. <laughs> Some days. Some days. <laughs> Guy Ritchie's British and like uh Justin Trudeau like is French Canadian, which is the closest thing to British in the North America. I feel like no, nah, maybe not. That's not a connection. Justin right. Trudeau putting Rachel uh, Dazanel on notice, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, this really sucks for him because he's uh, he's got an election coming up in like four or five weeks now, and um, I don't know. Do you guys think that this is gonna is gonna do you think this is gonna fuck him over? I don't know. It's like one of those things. This is why I fucking hate liberals so much. Is because like. You know, the alternative is shit, but then you get shit like this from the liberals and it's just like, you know, like it's obviously going to depress turnout. People are not going to want to show up for somebody who's like, can't keep track of how many times they've done blackface. Like, it's just like, you know, that's not going to help. And the, the unfortunate thing is, is like, I mean, the alternative is somebody who probably like, you know, is prideful of how many times they've done, but like they, they, they got it. They got the number down. Like they probably, you know, no. So it's like, it's just like one of those unfortunate things. It's kind of like, uh, it's like the North Carolina, uh, Ralph Northam situation where it's like, yeah. Virginia? Yeah. Or, uh, Virginia, Virginia, um, where like the, uh, you know, the candidate hand is, is awful. And then 
his opponent is just more awful. Right. I mean, the the white liberal methodology is that, you know, long as the person that you're running against is worse in any way, then there are no, there's zero standards. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if his opposition were to come out and be like, you know, I've killed 10 black people on camera in snuff films and Justin Trudeau kill, killed nine, they'd be like, you got to vote for Justin Trudeau. He's only killed nine. You want 10? Black people? <laughs> black people? What? <laughs> it's so like, true. wait, how are these my two options? <laughs> It's a problem with like morality politics on the left, and it's like, well, I trapped you, haha, yeah, <laughs> yeah, gotcha, <laughs> we're better, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I kind of suck at like Canadian politics, um, which is so like does the, Justin Trudeau, <laughs> <laughs> which is the free, which, like the progressive party that Trudeau is not a part of, right? Like, there's a more progressive party. I mean, there's the Greens, and the Greens are actually they have some power in in canada yeah. as yeah, opposed to like, like, america they're not gonna win they're not gonna win the prime ministership no. but right. i mean i think everyone i mean honestly i think everyone in their uh in their ridings should should vote vote green well like, apparently the only thing just the only two things justin trudeau is really good at is um suppressing native americans from keeping uh their water supply like unmolested uh, and uh doing blackface so <laughs> He's also good at like melting the hearts of liberal women. Oh, like liberal. Ivanka. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, and more than that. Like that was a whole there does anyone else remember that like phase of online where everyone online was in Just, love like, thirsting. with thirsting over yeah. Justin Trudeau. Yeah, like, and it was, like, I don't... Yeah. Oh man. Those mm-hmm. those uh those posts aged well, right? Yeah, I can't I can't, I can't <laughs> wait for the for the Facebook memories feature to to, to drag some of that stuff back up. <laughs> but he did blackface in rainbow socks, folks. <laughs> he was only twenty nine. Yeah. He wears Chewbacca socks. <laughs> yeah, he, he was only a year older than I am right now. You need to cut him some slack. <laughs> it was two thousand one and he was only twenty nine. <laughs> I didn't I didn't read it i didn't read the article but slate ran a piece with the headline good night sweet woke bay prince (laughs) well he was never that sweet or woke no but the uh the there was certainly people within the liberal sphere that thought he was like you know like the people that were like oh what i wouldn't give to have trudeau over over trump you know and it's like i mean i probably would too but it's still like it's like one of those horrible things where like the liberal option is just like fucking awful uh, on a very basic level though it's like kind of kind of sad that it's becoming clearer and clearer that everyone is just fooled by good looking just people just like Mm -hmm. that that literally plays into you know if he looked like fucking steve buscemi and he had like the exact same fucking politics he'd be like all right get the fuck out of here like blackface oh my god he should never be in office but since he's like a good looking you know you know you know left of center don't ruin his life (laughs) he was only 29 (laughs) like that's the whole thing with like kavanaugh too like don't ruin he's gonna ruin his life and then like if i was recently reading um this woman like is like a tweet thread of her dissertation that she's working on is like discussing what men mean by they ruined my life and essentially it's like small inconveniences that actually end up like putting you in connection with people with power so like ruined life right yeah it's like yeah you ruined my life by not being able to put me in power to ruin other people's lives mm-hmm. you're ruining my life by not but actually me power. i somehow gained even more power by you ruining my life to now <laughs> ruin even more people's lives and like a lot of those dudes that like do that um they they some of them even say like i get more sex now than i did before because women feel bad for me and it, it, 
we're I, fucked. I Basically, how, is what I'm coming to at the end of this. I continue to disappoint. I wonder how common this is too, where like people are using blackface for like Arabs. Because I actually, I, I, I always just thought like, oh well, they just like put a turban on and just like you know, act mm. like still look yeah, the same. It's still like real, you know. It's still pretty problematic, like you know, just like the co- doing a costume in general, just basing, uh, you know, like uh, just generally on a culture like that. But like, it is just kind of crazy how over the top it is. Just like, why are you even doing that, man? Like, go, what's going through your head? Yeah, <laughs> it's not hard to not do blackface. <laughs> not. So many people wake up every day and just like don't do blackface. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> I've been, I've been alive for a little over twenty five years now, and not. Not I. I've not once have I succumbed to the urge to do blackface. Zero, time. zero, zero times. Dude, zero. Not even when, not even when you're drunk and you know people are like you're at a party and they're passing the blackface around. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, hey, maybe I'll do a pinky now. You know, just to see how it feels. Well, that's like literally. That's literally kind of like what's going on right now. Is like all these like uh, the white girls have like their face creams and they're taking it like to the uh, frat house and they're just fucking like, oh, we're just putting on our face cream and then the guys just like, oh, we're gonna do it too and then they fucking do a snapchat I hope that they use the ones that are like they turn into like plastic sheets and like rip your pores out of your face I hope they're doing a lot of that no, yeah, like, we should really we should, we should really start pushing those into the market. Um, this is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like a dye it. that doesn't oh. come off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, you want to be black? Oh, you're black now. <laughs> 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 um, I Twilight saw a girl once. She did it in Sharpie. <laughs> One time, this like teenager did it in Sharpie. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> she just got like. Weeks. Like that's like that's I mean good. I'm glad that she did it that way. <laughs> I mean think about something. it though, the only people who are doing that are just like too stupid to be funny. Like at all. Exactly. They think, like they just think that that's hilarious for some fucking god knows why reason. So they're the people that can track with Ben Shapiro when he talks. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Ben Shapiro, he needs to know the details of Brett Kavanaugh's penis before he'll believe any sort of assault allegations, sexual assault allegations against him. Isn't Te- that unbelievable? Text- texture, hue, taste. I- I'm not I'm kidding. <laughs> he- he- can you, wait, can you fill me in on them, what the fuck you're talking about right now? Wait a second, you don't know about this? No, no. What the what the fuck did Shapiro say this time? <laughs> okay, hold up. Now I have to like... Uh, Sounds like an awful segment. Yeah. <laughs> now I have to get it on, you know, just I'll just I'll just let Ben Shapiro speak for himself. Oh, How about you're not that? gonna make me listen to his voice. I'm going to make Fuck. you listen to his voice. Oh, God. We've had a bevy of public figures in recent years who have had their genitalia described on national television by people who allege sexual assault. Right? Stormy Daniels famously described President Trump's genitalia. Bill Clinton's genitalia. Details of such were were talked about. Nobody has yet described Kavanaugh's genitalia. Now, that's not dispositive. Maybe they were generic. Who knows? Well, they don't have the name brand dick at the pharmacy. See, not what I imagine Ben Shapiro's like uh, genitalia. It's just like a, a, like a stick figure, like drawn, like a paper. It's like... <laughs> Ben Shapiro to describe what a generic uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. penis is. They're, yeah, they're his. It's, it's, you know, small yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and skinny, just like mine. Yeah, <laughs> right. between, between 2 and 12 inches. I never I never thought that I would hear, like, 
nails on a chalkboard describing <laughs> genitalia. <laughs> ben Shapiro walks up to Brett Kavanaugh in, a, in the middle of a congressional hearing. He gives him a doll and he goes, draw the genitalia on the doll. <laughs> Describe the dick to me. I don't believe you. If you didn't see the dick, then there's no pic. It isn't real. I want, I want a segment, though, where like, he's looking over like you know, like a, a crime scene, uh, like photography, like of someone drawing, like drawing the description, and then like a picture of Brett Kavanaugh's dick, and he's like looking back and forth, back and uh, forth, <laughs> and he's like, oh shit. <laughs> This last Sunday, uh, almost 50,000 UAW members went on strike. And uh, it's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, although, one, one complaint I, I do have is yesterday, uh, we went to brunch and we were sitting outside and some of the uh, some of the uh, uh, UAW employees that were striking were like right across the street from us. And I was so fucking hungover. And the entire time, just lots of cars going by honking their horns. <laughs> Solidarity forever. Fuck your headache. <laughs> Shouldn't have sat outside. Ben's like, you know what? I'm a capitalist now. <laughs> <laughs> Bezos has a point. <laughs> I actually drove by those same ones um, later in the day, playing Solidarity forever at the like the top. Of, like, my car would play it. Hell it yeah. Was so fun. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I've been getting a lot of support out there. Um, like in that area, yeah. Yeah, I went um, onto a uh, picket line at uh, one of the um, local locals here in Lansing. And, uh, yeah, which one is it again? I forget. Uh, I think we were at 602. Yeah, we were at 602. Um bunch of people from DSA showed up. I thought it was uh, pretty cool uh, that a um, bunch of us wanted to uh, go out and you know, show our solidarity. Probably going to be going back soon. Maybe uh, bring some food or drinks with me. And all of you guys listening should do the same. Like, for real, everybody should just go out and figure out which local is in your area and go out and just ask them what, you like, they need from you. And mm-hmm. they'll, they'll ask you to go just stand on the picket line, which really is important because, it, you know, it gets the word out to the public, you know, this is important. We need you on our side. Mm-hmm. And having that public support makes it so that these uh, unions are, you know, less likely to succumb to the pressures that uh, GM is going to be putting on them. You know, exactly. And also, I, I this, I'm, I'm glad that these strikes are happening because, you know, you know, I think most of these indus- most industries need to be going, going on strike just based on the treatment of workers. But also, I think this shows that um, the whole anti-socialism like um, like message that it'll never work in the Midwest, like. The Midwest is like known for striking and where did, where did unions come and, from again yeah, yeah, in this country? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> where are unions like still strongest? You where, know, why do you think so many of these like reporters from all over the country are taking pictures of like Flint strikes? Yeah, well, like there's a reason. There's a historical reason. Like exactly. this is where the UAW like really got a big start. Yeah. Um, but I think one of my favorite parts of like unintended consequences of GM from this is they're proving the point of Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. And they are proving not only that, but the UAW is proving that we can do it without like having to use private like the way like we can do it ourselves because they're going to they have a strike fund that will be covering like the Medicare like the medical costs for people because GM cut 
their health care. So thank you for proving Bernie's point that we can do it. Yeah, and that, it kind of goes against that uh, that whole line that you know uh, the centrists like Joe Biden and John Delaney and that whole crew use of, oh, this is you know if you do Medicare for all, this is going to take away health care from people. It's like these corporations will take it away from you in a heartbeat. And if anything, Medicare for all makes it a constant, so you don't have to worry about it being taken away uh, ever again. No, and right. the even more insidious like version of that argument is what they'll they'll say like, oh well, unions worked hard to negotiate for those uh, plans. Right. And if it were up to the unions, they wouldn't have to depend on their uh, employer for health care. It's the They'd hardest part of, yeah. any, of any negotiation is freaking mm-hmm. negotiating health care. And also just put the, think about the power dynamic that puts an employer on an employee. Mm-hmm. Like they can just fuck up your entire life all of a sudden. There's like a fucking kid with cancer right now who doesn't have who's got to go on Cobra uh, health insurance. Uh, because mm-hmm. the GM just took away their health care. Like, that's fucked up. That should mm-hmm. not be happening in the richest country in the world, and that's why Bernie needs to win. Yeah, it's too much control over workers, and that's what it's really about. Exactly, and, you know, we're going to start seeing, we're already seeing this argument, you know, pop up now, but it's like the the idea that progress is somehow disrespectful to the people who've had to struggle before. Like, yeah, you know, we they negotiated, you know, they fought hard, long and hard for, you know, that health care. Like, what if they didn't have to fight? You know, what if, you know, health care was a right? Or, like, with student loans, it's right. like, yeah, well, if we forgive student loans, that that's disrespectful to everyone who paid them off. It's like, I paid off 60 grand in loans. You yeah, can do it, yeah, too. Yeah, I re- yeah. I, th- th- that is the most common <laughs> argument I hear, and it's so weird to me. Those are, like, the lumpen, you know, like, people that really don't really care about politics all that much. Yeah. They, they, they just kind of, like, well, I had to do it, like, this way, like, and I had to, you know, bust my ass, and, like... Bro, if you're busting your ass, you'll probably get more money out of, like, this deal that we're proposing, right? That's, like, our whole deal. That's, like, the whole thing that we're saying. We're not saying that, like, we're just going to give people who don't want to work hard everything uh, they want. Like, well, I mean... We we there are baselines, right? And like housing, healthcare, things like that, uh, food, right? That everyone deserves, right? But like in terms of like uh, uh, getting money in and raking cash in, like work hard, bud, and you'll get that money. Like I don't understand like why that argument even exists. Well, it's like that same argument, right? Like that the well, I. I'm a paramedic, and I only make fourteen dollars an hour. So why should people who flip burgers make like fifteen? And I said, like, well, why shouldn't you make way more than like you're a paramedic? You yeah, save people's lives. You have a very stress-inducing job. You work awful hours. You should be making at least twenty-five dollars an hour. Fighting over scraps. Like, yeah, it's always right. a constant narrative in American society is to punch down instead of punching up. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you know. Donald Trump, for instance, instead of going after the elite that are screwing everyone's lives, he goes after like minorities and uh, groups like that. And it's always been the case in like America is like go after five hundred like years. you know you can be like you know I think I think it was uh, Republicans you know they used it in like the started using the seventies like you know it doesn't matter how poor a white person is as long as like they can punch down on a minority around them like it gives the it gives them like a false sense of like power that really isn't there it's like you know like you said it just ke- keeps them fighting for crumbs mhm well it's a distraction mhm yeah and it's also like basically just how our political si- society functions is we divide the poor up into constituencies, into the Democrats and the Republicans, instead of all the working class people against like uh, like all the rich and powerful, and 
like that's that's where we need to like focus our kind of like uh you know energy um there was like this really interesting uh podcast that matt chrisman did uh, like um and he was just talking about how like uh you know this is kind of the first time that in in american history that the parties are actually ideologically opposed somewhat like this is at least like the most polarized they've ever been like it, ever or since like 18 like well the, the the thing about the civil war is that right like it was pretty much like one party rule at that time and you had like uh civil war was like really complicated but even then right like democrats and republicans it, you look down at like you know their programs and they weren't really all that much different and um and it, and really like this is the first time like in american history that they're kind of opposed and if we can figure out a way to, to which we can uh either you know take take out the democratic party and replace it or um you know do a hostile takeover of the party and you know make it into our own thing those are our two routes and we need to like strategize for those type of goals and unions are going to be a key part of that 100 percent. also um there's just a news story i was just reading just you know right now that there are three presidential candidates that are set to visit the picket lines you know in the detroit hamtramck plants do you guys want to do you guys know or want to guess which three there are like, I feel like two were obvious. Yeah, Bernie Warren and uh, let's see who's the Chelsea last one. Maybe? No, nope. I don't think so. I, I think bet it's, it's gonna uh, be. It's either Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. Nope. No. This person has already visited oh, earlier in the week. It's Tim Ryan. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> Thought it was. Is it right. No. Klobuchar. Yeah, really? she's, she's still running. <laughs> oh, my God. oh God, that's how you tricked everyone. <laughs> I forgot she was on the debate stage half the time. Yeah, right. And like my family really likes her too. My yeah. grandma's like, "Go, Amy." And like, yeah, Who? but you know, just you know, courtesy of the Detroit Free Press, it said you know, um, Senator Elizabeth Warren, you know, said she would be at one of the, the Detroit Hamtramck um, assembly plant at noon, uh, which is Solidarity Solidarity Sunday. Um, Bernie Sanders will be there Wednesday. Day and um, Klobuchar was just there early in the week, so you know that's just how the how the presidential field is. Sort yeah, I like of to see rea- the, reacting to it right now. Well, like Tim Tim Ryan did actually go to the picket line in Ohio. In Ohio, okay. Yeah, yeah but I don't think he's a, he dropped out. He's a, he's Tim Ryan dropped out, right? Yeah, he suspended his campaign, but I think he started back up. Oh. Wait, wait, oh. wait, he did wait. one of those things. Yeah, <laughs> has Why? that ever worked out? No. You know, like which president of ours do you know? Out well, of the date, that... it was the Dayton shooting. He was like, "Oh, I have to uh, make sure that my constituents are all right during the Dayton shooting." Mm. I'm pretty sure that was it. And like, um, actually, kind of crazy how both of the shootings happened in like uh, congressional districts of the constituency, or like, actually, maybe not. Uh, Beto's uh, congressional constituency. It's not, it's not that crazy when they're happening in like every. Yeah, they, right. they, I mean, they, they you know, happen. so it's, you're, you're gonna pop, you're gonna hit a few prominent political districts, especially when you have like a hundred candidates running for president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, Bernie's doing like a tour. This isn't the only picket line that he's joining. Oh, there's, absolutely. You know, he's, uh, dating he's doing, back to 2016, he's been doing. He's doing this. seven. Uh, he's joining seven different picket lines this week. Uh, yes. It's like nurses in Chicago, teachers out in LA, 
the UAW, um, coal miners, I think, down in Kentucky. Yeah. And this is so important because if you look at the just the, the corporate news cycle, if you're watching ABC News or CNN. They don't cover this. They don't cover mm-hmm. the strikes at all. Like, you'll get a blurb or, you know, they'll be running it like, on, on a ticker, like, underneath the, a, you know, story about, like, you know, some celebrity shit. Like, you know, they'll give it, like, five minutes just so they can say, yeah, 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 we did it, you know. But, like, we know when you guys can provide wall-to-wall coverage of something. Mm-hmm. You know? oh, yeah. Like, you guys are still looking for the fucking Malaysian Airlines, I'm pretty sure. Like, right. like, like, like <laughs> all we ask is, like, you bring that same energy to these strikes. And, you know, right now with Bernie um, visiting those, it you know, it forces, in, um, you know, these, you know, corporate media, the corporate media outlets to to take notice because they're this this whole idea of just like pushing it to the margins that's absolutely calculated so i mean all all news outlets are basically like yeah the strike is happening well anyway uh is president trump a racist <laughs> we're still not sure yet have you seen justin trudeau's new photo um but actually so i'm a bit of a masochist and i was scrolling through youtube and i, I saw fox uaw strikes and i was like oh what a, let's let's just see. It's two minutes. Oh, I think wow. I can handle it. Um, I mean, and essentially all it was was just like GM is doing this, and GM is can like consigning this, and GM is offering this, and these workers are just on strike. And They're like, just being so ungrateful. Right. <laughs> You should be happy speaking with of your the, crumbs, okay? Speaking of, like, the labor militancy across the country, it, Kaiser Permanente, like, they're uh, in the midst of a strike vote right now, I believe. Yeah, 80,000 uh, workers is what that will be. Yeah. And yeah I mean, if it just keeps going like this and keeps accelerating, well, general, again, general strike. General strike. General, general strike. Shut the general fucking strike. shit down. <laughs> I mean, I... I can think so hyped. I'm not even kidding. Shut like, down. That yeah. would be, like, if you talk about one way to have the most impact on our political process a general strike would just like that would be it because like the capitalist system but what's the goal of general strike uh well that's you gotta have an agenda behind it. Well, we mm-hmm. let, let me direct you to a show called uh, State of the Revolution. It has uh, about seventy-nine episodes. Like, like just like listen to all those hours, and you'll get all general <laughs> strike for the podcast. For the po- Get, I, I no, guess for the works. state of the revolution. <laughs> like, oh. General strike for the... Yeah. I mean, I think, honestly, I think the, the, the way that you go forward is you... Because, I mean, what a lot of these workers are talking about is they're talking about, you know, raises and wages. They're talking about more protections for themselves in terms of unionization, health care, getting rid of, like, right to work, you know, all of these things. Um, and I think one of the ways you can do it is, I mean, you do kind of like a like FDR, like, huge big bill that's encompassing all of these ideas into one bill and you know the green new deal and and you can get all of these different groups that are normally fighting for their own causes by themselves to unite and fight for a common cause because there's a part of everything they need in that movement i got a genius plan this is what we do we go in league with the trump administration he wants to go up against biden we basic we just let the primaries go and then you know trump does his thing and somehow like makes it so that there's a brokered uh, convention at the very end and joe biden becomes the candidate then 
we can do a general strike to be like, fuck all that. <laughs> we want Bernie. I veto this idea. <laughs> I, I veto we're, the we're shit out way of it. We're way too close to the fire, man. Right? It's yeah. risky. It's risky, but I you think are, it'll You are work. dancing on the lip of the volcano, my friend. <laughs> I think it's a genius plot. I don't know. A mad genius. Maybe minus the genius part. <laughs> Just a little mad. Yeah. I'm gonna... Look, chaos is a ladder haven't you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely definitely a person you want to take uh take, take advice from the yeah, game, very the, the <laughs> that's a game of thrones reference <laughs> <laughs> So this last uh, this last Wednesday, Senator Bernie Sanders uh, released a two point five trillion dollar plan to guarantee housing for every American. Uh, Sanders said the plan would guarantee every American, regardless of income, a, fund- a fundamental right to a safe, decent, accessible, and affordable home. Um, his plan seeks to invest. trillion over 10 years in the National Affordable Housing Trust Fund to build and maintain 7.4 million, quote, quality, affordable, and accessible housing units that he says will eliminate the gap in affordable housing for the lowest income renters. He would also invest another $400 billion to build 2 million mixed income social housing units. It's the best housing plan, like, ever. Like it, the I, I can't remember. Um, uh, there there was a I think it was like the study for uh, childhood poverty or something like that. But uh, they were talking about how this plan alone would reduce childhood poverty by twenty two percent, just because of like how how vast it is and how much of um, income how much income like rent and housing eats up of working class mm-hmm. families like income. I mean, in some places like New York and uh, L.A., San Francisco and things like that, like it's like 50 percent plus of your income. Mm-hmm. But but Zach, but Zach, isn't that unfair to other people who survived childhood poverty? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't reducing childhood poverty be, <laughs> unfair. be unfair to, to people like Paul Ryan yeah. who survived it and yeah, thrives yeah, now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's so great for, for so many reasons. Like if you think about, and I guess this is one like smaller segment, but how many like teens like have trouble at home and they end up like just in cyclical homelessness for years based like afterwards, mm. like especially like LGBTQ kids, like, and, and this is going to make a world of difference for that. Like having stability is something that a lot of people in this country don't like know well. And that's incredibly incredibly criminal in the richest country in the world well yeah and the the thing is is like you know there's this myth that like you can just like pull yourself up by your bootstraps but you can you can be too poor to like function get a job because it takes a lot of resources have holes and they keep falling off as you're pulling them up (laughs) just to like play with your imagery yeah like i mean like you you have there's certain resources that have to be accessed and a house is definitely one of them in order mm-hmm. to um, live a functioning life. Or um, not even like, but just like a, a place, like a set place that you know that you can count on being there. You know, like mm-hmm. you can start accruing value or getting things together if you have somewhere to live, like a shelter. I think it's a basic human need. Shelter is like food, water, shelter. It's pretty 
pretty basic. <laughs> this is uh, definitely a better plan as opposed to the Trump plan, which is just allowing Geo Group to lock all these homeless people up uh, pretty much indefinitely because they're homeless. Um, but that's how you get the money, Zach. That's a great business model, yeah, they, actually. Yeah, exactly. Exa- exactly. It's a, it's, it's a great business model, and like that's why you know it's being like promoted and everything. And well, like well, here's what like I feel like a lot of people, like both liberals and conservatives, and you know everyone in between and outside. Like you're, you're going to be spending the money regardless. Like you might as well be spending it to like help people and like heal people psychologically. And it's cost efficient. Yeah, it's cost. And, and it, yeah, and it's exactly. It costs. You know, it costs like more to lock up a fucking person than it does. Well, because you have to feed them and, and like take care of everything. Exactly. Like, that's a um, lot of work. As opposed to like you know making them like self sufficient and like, giving them a school to learn in and you know. Um, a house to live in and make sure they're not worried about eating and like all this stuff will do wonders for, you know, our society because, you know, as far as like, you know, this culture of, you know, violence, you know, none of this is going to be solved without solving just the base, the, the base, you know, roots of poverty. Like that's mm-hmm. just, that's just period. Otherwise you're just, all these other things are just band-aids and we don't address some of the root causes. Which is capitalism. Absolutely. Capitalism mm-hmm. necessitates poverty which is why it's like so important to just like decommodify these like basic things kind of like what mara was saying like you know housing education water water the more you do that you'll have an active populace that'll be able to fight for rights beyond basic needs mm-hmm. when you don't have basic needs man it's hard to it's hard to demand or even expect people to um you know, participate in in politics or things like that. Exactly. Or just like, like like the GM workers are expected to live on like I think two hundred fifty dollars or two hundred dollars something. Two hundred fifty a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's important to talk about how like including you know just like just um, expanding public housing. Bernie's also gonna uh, you know do a lot of rent control. Mm-hmm. You know, like nationally, just like three uh, percent was the maximum maximum increase allowed per year. Right, and and when you increase it, you have to publicly disclose to mm-hmm. to like you have to put it to like a registrar, like which is amazing. Like that's like going to be that's actual tangible things that you know people who need the these things resources that they can use to get themselves on their feet. Yeah. Also pick pick them up by their bootstraps as they say also let's talk about the the vacancy tax also that um believe, believe that he proposed to mm-hmm. where you know mm-hmm. um, landlords who just like that's let great. Just, let's that's buy just buy amazing. a shit ton of property build a shit ton of condos just let them sit tax the fuck out of them because you know that's you're literally just like you're just hoarding you're like a you're like a dragon on top mm-hmm. of like you know gold just like hoarding it and you know there's there's absolutely no reason um, for their, you know these these oligarchs to just control so many large swaths of like every American city with mm-hmm. when homelessness is this high. Mm-hmm. That yeah. would that would be amazing. I would love to see that happen. Like, the, like especially when you think about all those ugly new apartment buildings that are in every city, like the cookie cutter, awful, yeah, like multicolored things in every everywhere city. Yeah. in every city, even that big cities, small cities. No one can afford them. They're like poorly built. But uh, hey, they're but, all but under communism. You won't, you won't have choice, and everything will look the same. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'm trying. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to live in Stalingrad over here, <laughs> but I'm also not trying to live in awful and plaid. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to live in like the freaking town from Midsommar either. Like. Right. <laughs> oh, don't spoil that for me. I haven't seen it yet. Oh man, I, I'm sick. I like to think that Bernie's housing plan is kind of based off of, or at least influenced by uh, Jeremy Corbyn's housing plan that he introduced uh, a couple years back. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that was after Greenfell. The yeah, the Labor Party was gonna mm-hmm. buy. Um, everyone that was homeless, yeah. a house. Basically. I was sad that sort of fizzled out. Um, you know, but well, he didn't gain power. Yeah, it's yeah, but he did overperform big time, like largely because of that. So you know, um, I think this. I mean, with the introduction of this housing bill as well, I think, and like pretty much every policy that Bernie's laid out, um, he's completely fulfilled or at least he's promising to fulfill um fdr's second uh, economic bill of rights which is like housing for all you know health care for all access to a job i love that he's building it piece by piece we, we, should, we should we should bring that up actually because i feel like if we if we look at the second economic bill of rights you can almost like predict his next policy because you know as mm-hmm. i was thinking you know as i was i was literally thinking this like a couple months ago like you know housing was just like not really you know, there wasn't a big yeah, plan for yeah, housing. Yeah, like, yeah, there wasn't like something on the scale of like you know a Green New Deal or, or um, you know Medicare for all. Then he came out with this. So. I'm looking forward to his next policy. I think uh, that he's going to release is his immigration policy, and I'm really really looking forward to that with the amount of <clears throat> undocumented and uh, uh, like dreamers that he has like on his staff. Like I can only imagine it's going to yeah. be. Did, just did, amazing. Did, did, did he announce that if he that if he becomes president he'll place like a moratorium on uh deportations. deportations yeah like he will instead of being the deporter in chief he will literally there will be no deportations pretty dope yep. pretty dope uh, like also just you know in regard to like that's that's amazing and um is it anyone else find it biz- just find it bizarre that we have not heard the a word in, in the immigration debate we have not heard amnesty at all you know which is it's like it's 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 weird that it's not even like mentioned it's not questioned it's just like this because that was literally the was Reagan, Reagan yeah. you know like so everyone everyone on the, st- on the stage you know without uh, you know they they always talk in vague terms path immigration you know I think that would be, I think uh, you know I would be I would be shocked if it wasn't going mm-hmm. to be in Bernie's up and coming immigration yeah, I policy. Hear it, you know, I do want to say, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it, you know, the, that, without like committing to that, you know, hard, you just leave those people in 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 perpetuity, like always exactly. wondering and exactly. just having you know, that anxiety. Like, like, yeah, like, you know, anxiety for you know years and decades. You know, some of these, you know, you have people, you have people being deported that came here in like the nineties and eighties and just mm-hmm. like been like living their lives here. You know, people so. who are like married to veterans who died in war yeah. are being deported. Yeah. Yeah. Like Yeah, a lot of people forget that Bill Clinton uh deported a lot of people himself. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, a lot of this I mean, this stuff is kind of came in spades, just like, you know, this new um, homelessness crisis and this new uh crackdown proposed by the Trump administration. They've done this before in the eighties and nineties. Um, you know, just like trying to uh take out um just put homeless people in jail just because they're poor, and um, now and not, and they've done the same thing like at the in terms of deportations uh, before too, you know. So there there's a reason why these things come in spades. Like it's just the nature of our government. Did uh, did we have anything else to say on this? Set. Like what I did there, tied the two together.
<laughs> I could put him. the tape. I did amazing here. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I could I could make one more comment because you said look up the second Bill of Rights. I did pull that up real mm. quick. Oh hell yeah! And the, the last yeah. one, I think the only one that I haven't seen a plan for would be a good education, or maybe I just haven't looked hard uh, into Bernie's no, education I, plan as I should have. Great. I need to education's broad, that. You know, but like, it's a broad it, one. Like it could be like the college. Um, uh, what was it? Plan. Are you talking about college or are you talking about like public schools and whatnot? Because like, I, I was talking about public schools where I was preschool through to, to post-secondary. Post- oh, awesome. Okay, like cool. Because I was just PhDs. looking at the debt part because recently I've been <laughs> really distracted by my debt. <laughs> it's <laughs> on a personal note. Same. One of the biggest yeah. uh, components of that is... Um, um, desegregating our schools because uh, mm-hmm. there's like you know obviously it was made into you know law like you know with Brown v. Board which they're actually like right now the Supreme Court's like discussing that like mm-hmm. Brown uh, Brown versus uh, Board which is just like <laughs> and not yeah and it shouldn't yeah. like at all <laughs> um, but like <clears throat> beyond like the legal discrimination there's just like been like a like forced like like segregation like through like you know, other economic mm-hmm. policy well, and if like you, if you look at it, redlining. If you look at it, like the most the, the, the most segregated um, like uh, metro metro areas are not actually in the south. Like I want to say, like uh, I want to say, I'm basing these numbers up to 2017, but um, it's probably similar now. But Detroit was one of the number one most segregated metro area. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. and if you anyone lives in the Detroit area, can tell exactly, like you know, <laughs> right? Who, who <laughs> exactly, lives where? Yeah, yeah exactly. Who no, lives definitely. where? And like the second, I want to say was uh, it was either Milwaukee. I want to say it was Milwaukee. I want to yeah, say. it's like Midwest. Yeah, and, like, and like, like, like Baltimore. And Chicago um, was like always in the top of the list. So you know, de facto segregation. You know, where there's you know there's no explicit rules saying you know black people can live here but that's actually shown to be more effective you mm-hmm. know and something that's it, it's still thriving you know to this day so you know we're we're not going to be able to that, that that's why everyone who says that you know the the Rahm Emanuel you know um Obama-esque you know just like yeah she, Illinois is not a good state it's not it's no. not you know I lived there for years you know and that's not a model that you want to do like that's like so, and so many people would just be okay with that, with just like that brand of just Democrat, you know, just like you know, turning our country in, into that. And that's that. That is not a model at all. And no, it's very corporate driven, very profit exactly, driven, very racist. I mean, they're very racist. Very racist. <laughs> and, and it's funny because it's so postured coming from like Chicago, right? So they're like trying to draw on this history of like coalition building, but like it's really just corporate coalition building. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But so, now. You know, it still looks the same in appearances if you can give people hope. Yeah, and mm-hmm. even 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 going back to you know the freaking fifties, sixties, MLK. You know, one of like the most famous quotes that I that I that I remember like hearing from him, just because someone who came from the Midwest has said, you know, he had marched in you know Montgomery and Birmingham and all these southern places. He said the most virulent like racism he um, he had ever experienced was come when he would march in Chicago. You know, so that you know and. That type of stuff just continues into this day. So, almost like rats in a cage, like go crazier when they're like stuffed up against each other forever. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, you know, the the ghettoization has just been so effective, you know, in in Detroit and Baltimore and Chicago, you know, and you know that that's why it's like it's it's shameful, and I, and I hate because you know I'll hear like a conservative like uh you know like you you complain about something that's completely just so so blatantly racist from Trump and then you have a conservative you know with like a fucking eagle for profile picture like well what about Baltimore and Chicago I'm just like 
Yeah, yeah. White people are shitty everywhere. I, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> right. The southern, like southern yeah, racism, yeah. like being the only racism in America is a big myth. That's yeah, actually exactly. like a big part of like studies now. It's like, hey, just so you know, yeah. northern people are racist too. They yeah. may have been on the right side of the Civil War, yeah, but uh, that doesn't mean you're not a racist. Yeah, and like that's why, like, like the coastal elitism, like, yeah, you know, Trump plays off of that, but that's there's definitely like some truth to that also you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot of a lot of like you know just like the northern superiority comes from just like it's 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 also economic too right mm-hmm. like let's uh you know that you had like manufacturing you had like the big rust belt you know going on and you had the south which was agricultural and you know it you know the the uh, north had no problem like uh, they were like yeah let's end slavery but that's only because they were like embarrassed about it globally that like they were just like oh yeah everyone thinks that we're like backwards because we still have slaves all about their reputation but to this is the very day and, 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 and policy mm-hmm. and substance but and, but they're like yeah we don't want them living with, next to us so they did like redlining they wouldn't give like uh, home loans to uh, uh, black families and. You know that's just that's just the way uh, that it's been going um, ever since. Uh, you know, like we always talk about how Abe Lincoln is like this really great guy, but um, he really did <laughs> not do <laughs> enough during the Reconstruction. Ask, ask a Native American, you know, if, if Abraham Lincoln is such a. <laughs> he was a <laughs> proponent know. of like expatriation. Essentially, he wanted like yeah. to get all the black people on a boat yeah. and ship them back to like a colony in Africa that he was gonna like build, like mm-hmm. basically Sierra Leone, I think. So like. No, that Lincoln. I love telling Republicans all about Lincoln at the bar. It's like actually a really great experience for me. They usually get pretty upset. Talking to Republicans at the bar is never a great experience. Um, Only, only, only if I get them quiet enough to listen to me about Lincoln, and then it's it's pretty beautiful experience. You know what? You know what Lincoln's big like Reconstruction solution was for like unity of the nation. It was starting like Thanksgiving, this like fake fucking holiday. Holiday about how we were like buddies with the Native Americans. <laughs> that was his big idea. Yeah, it's like, funny. And now, like, he was a fucking like lib a... dude. <laughs> and now it's just a symbol of capitalism because of Black Friday. Oh yeah. No, the point. The, the, the point. <laughs> the point is, uh, housing should be a human right, and yes. uh, we need to enact uh, Sanders' plan to guarantee housing for every person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as many of you will probably know, uh, there was a drone attack on major oil infrastructure in Saudi Arabia uh, last weekend, and now the United States is deploying troops to the Middle East. So, uh, John Bolton, a very made- modest, a very very modest, like. Uh- like regiment of troops. I don't know if it's regiment's the right word. I know that that's actually like a, that's actually a term. But what, what do you mean by modest? Like, it's not a whole. Numbers? It's a, it's not a whole. And they're sending them to Saudi Arabia. Not like, like a to couple fight hundred. Anywhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, like, like a small number, like twenty, thirty thousand. Yeah. Right. Just, yeah. Small. Um, I but, think uh, it's more like five thousand. Were you done explaining? I was well. I was just gonna say John Bolton is out as the national security advisor, but he still he still might get his dream come true, <laughs> which is a war with Iran. 
Um, I doubt it. I literally think at this point, like the the, the depths of depravity that Trump's going 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 to, he might appoint Henry Kissinger to <laughs> at ninety six <laughs> years young. He he actually <laughs> already to become national security advisor. No, he actually already filled up that position. It doesn't need a. It doesn't need a. Um, oh, he's already he's already yeah. uh, nominated someone. No, some... I mean after this guy quits. Oh, I um, yeah. <laughs> or, or is yeah. fired. Well, this guy's supposed to be like a hostage negotiator. Okay. I feel like. Oh, there's no way he lasts longer than two years. Okay, well, whoever he is. <laughs> anyway, um, go ahead, Ben. I'm sorry. No, I was done. Oh, you were done. All right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, pretty interesting stuff. Um, you know, there it's there's conflicting reports on who it is. Um, the Houthi rebels from Yemen have claimed responsibility. You guys might have heard that uh, Saudi Arabia is in the middle of a genocidal campaign against the country and people of Yemen. and uh, Which we are helping to fund. Yeah, which we are helping to fund. And also, yeah, we just sent them, like, um, billions of dollars of weapons, you know, like the best stuff. And they're still incapable of uh, maintaining or you know, providing security for their country. Um, you know, a lot of it, a lot has been said, you know, like, you know, oh, well, you know, it's not the Houthi rebels that are doing this. It's Iran. Right. Because like, even if, even if the Houthi rebels did do this, they're Iran's proxy. Um, I mean, I won't get into it now, but that's number one, incredibly racist, uh, because they're not even like the same sect of like Shia, uh, and, you know, just there's lots of different complexities involved with that, and um, but they're brown. So yeah, to, but they're brown to the, and, to the American ye fucking ha. Yeah, well, I just like how like the Houthi rebels are like we did it, and then America's like Iran did it, and then Saudi Arabia's like Iran did it, <laughs> like. I'm, Iran's like eating dinner. Iran, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> no, I mean, they, me? they do have like a considerable amount of proxy wars going against each other, but that's like the whole. Like, if you think about that in that situation, you're like, oh, so when when what predicates like changing it from proxy war to all out war, which it seems. For the last well, like thirty years, that neither of war. them want. Yeah, well, yeah, we've been in, we've been in proxy war consistent. Yeah. Well, they just supply Iran and, no, proxy Iran war. and Saudi Arabia have been in proxy war for have. a while as well. It's, no, that's it, what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, like, but what 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 would necessitate that? Like the thought that like, oh, well, we're just gonna randomly we're gonna make it open all out warfare now for no reason. Well, like, actually, I could probably tell you that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, lay it on us, Alex. So. Yeah, here, here's like the first thing you learn in like a political science course. All right, what is a state? A state is a place with borders that you know can it it can militarily defend. It has like a government or like a you know um, state structure, like a power structure in in that territory, and they can defend that territory. That's like the most basic function of a state. Saudi Arabia doesn't even perform that function. You just saw the Houthi rebels using, like, very, you know, just, like, mediocre weapons. Like, not really just high-tech weapons. You know, they're a drone, like, a drone strike. I know, like, th- this was supposed to be, like, a, a surveillance drone souped up. Like, and they just, like, crashed it in. That's, like, or or it's, like, a more advanced drone. But still, you know, you have a non-state actor you know, uh, going in and literally taking out half of Iran's oil productivity in a night. 
so what this shows is uh, this that you know the United like there is a power vacuum now. The United States, I like to his credit, Trump is going to refuse to escalate. He's going to do his best to uh, do deterrence measures like these, um, uh, you know, like sending troops to Saudi Arabia and um, doing small uh, airstrikes. But he's gonna he's really going to let um, Israel and Saudi Arabia. Uh, with their weapons, do most of the brunt work. So very similar to Obama's approach, which was drone warfare with it. Exactly. No, no boots on the ground. No boots on the ground. That was his. That was his red line. No boots on the ground. But you know, letting Saudi Arabia just you know massacre, you know, right. just drop the people of Yemen, thousands and thousands so of bombs. So I'm pretty sure that um, there was just I for the first time this has never happened. Or at least in like, um, like you know, this modern uh, era post Iraq War, uh, where you had Saudi uh, jets um, attacking Iranian soldiers in Syria. So that's the first time that well, that's. Then they happened. both send proxy soldiers to Syria, and then. Um... Well, that's. I mean, Saudi's been you know funding uh, you know ISIS, Al Qaeda. And all the rest um, in Syria for years for now. Year, yeah. But, uh, well, they've they, both been funding different factions for years. So but after this, uh, uh, Mohammed bin Salman is, you know, he's claimed that it's Saudi Arabia, not the Houthi rebels. But it's, uh, Mohammed bin Salman is getting humiliated in Yemen. And that's like really, uh, you know, what this comes down to. Um, he, he's getting humiliated in Yemen. Uh, he just, he can't find a way out of it without, you know, holding like, you know keeping uh you know a mystique or whatever i don't even know and yeah he just what we're gonna see probably is um a little i don't think um iran is going to be the aggressor obviously uh i feel like it's definitely uh we're gonna maybe see um saudi arabia or uh israel try and do something um more in the future it'll be interesting to see because Israel is in the middle of elections right now, right? But so, I don't think I don't think that that election will have an outcome on their uh, general uh, security strategy either. But it'll be interesting to see one if Bibi is still in charge, and two, who and what a new uh, prime ministership looks like because he's been in charge for so long. Right, like for so long, and the country has moved so far right as so, as long as he's been in well, charge. Of I it. think I think the most right. likely other candidate than Bibi Netanyahu is uh, ben, General Benny Gantz, who was the chief of staff of Israel's army during the 2014 massacre of Gaza. Yeah, so, so I don't expect I don't yeah no like I don't expect them <laughs> them to change course by any means. They are pretty on this like stay the course mindset right now. Right. Um. I mean, yeah, and Israel's been, uh, for several weeks, or uh, for several months now, they've been um, accelerating, uh, especially leading up to, like, the elections. They've been uh, accelerating airstrikes in Syria, targeting um, Hezbollah and Iran. Um, what is going on with the Israeli elections? Because I, I haven't really been following that. Um, I think I think that it's more likely uh, that there will be another hung parliament than um, them forming a unity government if that's i mean it that's the quick rundown of it so basically they're broken <laughs> cool. yeah they're 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 pretty like 
neither coalition really has like enough seats uh to form a government right now they have a parliamentary system in israel um the the three parties that uh drew the most votes were uh the blue and white headed by uh benny gantz who i spoke of earlier then there's Likud, headed by netanyahu and then there's um uh the joint list who is i think uh, headed by uh ramsey ode and uh yeah the joint list is the arab party um they've got like uh 13 seats i think in the knesset um and ba- the the reason why i don't believe that they will you know get a parliament is because uh if you know um if they, you know, do this unity government with Netanyahu gone as prime minister, I believe the only party that could be the official opposition would be joint list. And that's never happened before. Joint list has never been the official opposition party and they've never been a part of the government because, you know, like, and so you have this one guy, Avigdor uh, Lieberman, who is in this different party uh, used to be aligned with Netanyahu. Now he's not because Avigdor Lieberman wants to uh, put ultra orthodox uh, teenagers into the military. He wants to, he wants to conscript uh, ultra uh, the ultra orthodox into the military. Benjamin Netanyahu won't do even though he's a secular himself. He won't do that. Was it? giant voting block yeah because that's a giant voting block for him and his coalition parties. oh yeah they would never do that that would be like that would be like the republicans turning on the evangelicals like that would be the scale of that yeah so evigdor lieberman and that's the biggest split right now in israel is do we want to be a secular apartheid state or do we want to be a theocratic apartheid state that's basically the only division in Israel right now. And because they're so divided within uh, this kind of, uh, you know, coalition and, you know, blue and white, that's like general, you know, anti-corruption. That's like Jair Bolsonaro type shit, if you know what I'm saying. Right. That's Lava Jato. Like, that's what blue and white is. <laughs> that's like, anti-corruption. Like the corruption. Like, yeah, like BB is a corrupt, like cartoon but that's not the problem in israel he's been indicted on corruption charges like several times hasn't he yeah i'm excited for him to not be prime minister so that he can be prosecuted because so far that's basically been his defense is like well i'm sitting prime minister so you know if you put me in jail there's a problem i gotta no i gotta i gotta give i gotta give israel credit there they're not a democracy but they're really good at putting their corrupt politicians in jail Something that I feel like that we should do a lot more often. I'm like CEOs. Yeah. They should go to jail too. Bankers. Bankers. That's part of the financial crisis. Jail is the most optimistic option of my. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. (laughs) I too enjoy you guys' compromise positions. But yeah, I mean, uh, a little solitary couldn't do them any harm. Could I think, it? I think their tor- <laughs> I think their torso should be in jail. Just put them all in like a, <laughs> put in a room with each other. Yeah, their head should be on a pike somewhere. Uh, you know? <laughs> like, I, for, <laughs> for legal reasons, that is a joke. No, see, but that's like social time. I want them to like sit alone forever in a cell with nothing but a toilet, <laughs> like bleak life, no books, no nothing. Just, Honestly, just a bed and a bathroom. 
no on interaction. Just the third season of Lizzie McGuire just playing on repeat. <laughs> forever. <Just> forever. <laughs> for 10 years. <laughs> oh, and then on the, um, every once in a while, you just see like bad finales of good shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the, the series finale of Dexter playing yeah. over and over and over again. As you say, Why is he a lumberjack? I don't understand. <laughs> I thought this was a show about serial killers. <laughs> they need um, a lot of like suicide restraints. <laughs> but if they're all in prison none of them can get epstein because they can't epstein each other <laughs> so they will have to live forever with dexter speaking of, <laughs> speaking of epstein ehud barak he's uh he's in the election he's been an election character too who ehud barak he's on the uh, epstein flight logs or he's like an Epstein associate. I mean, if, if you're really, who has, who hasn't been an Epstein associate or been in blackface today? Really? <laughs> you know, if it's not, not one, it's the other. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, like, so, so not only did like this really huge, like attack on, you know, uh, uh, Saudi Arabian sovereignty, uh, happen. <laughs> yeah, Saudi Arabian sovereignty. That's a joke, by the way. Um, they're, they're a proxy of the United States. I think it's pretty clear at this point. Uh, anyway. I mean, technically, they have a sovereign. That's a king. Like, you know, yeah, that's but, a, I'm just making a bad monarchist. You know, you, you joke know like, uh, <laughs> Saudi Arabia actually doesn't have a military because if they did have a military, it'd be, they'd be overthrown immediately. I'm like I'm. Th- that's why they never have given. That's why they've never made a military. See, I didn't. Even, I, didn't I didn't even know that they didn't have a military. Yeah. No, they just have like. Uh, they just have like the prince's fighting force. Basically, that's like what it is. Really? Oh, wait, yes. so are they the ones they bombing have, like, Yemen? Yeah. So like, they, oh, there's actually there's sure. actually like multiple fighting forces. They they have like a checks and balances type thing. Hmm. Yeah. That's weird. Um and like like warlords or something. That's what it sounds that like. is actually very. Yeah. It's kind of like that. And, <laughs> oh, um, and, and but yeah, feudalism. So, yeah, oh yeah, bring so it back. Th- that old school oppression. Nice. <laughs> but the reason why you keep hearing like Iran so much also is not just because of the Houthis, is also because of Hezbollah. And like Hezbollah just uh, did this. Um, Basically, uh, deterrence uh, operation. They uh, striked a military. Uh, they did a uh, missile strike on a military vehicle um, in northern Israel. Uh, it, there's uh, conflicting reports on what happened. Uh, I think Hezbollah has, uh, at first, they uh, claimed uh, that they killed uh, soldiers in there. Then um, there was like video of Israel taking some. Uh, wounded back so you know it's up in the air of like uh, what happened there but um israel kind of was caught with their pants down because that was before thought unthinkable right like israel had uh the week before been um sending you know spy drones into uh lebanese airspace and uh hezbollah had been shooting them down um then uh israel uh struck uh hezbollah uh fighters in syria and uh that's when uh hezbollah retaliated with this uh deterrence action which really goes to show like there's there's like lots of different movement in the middle east like there's a new uh power 
um, dynamic forming in the region. And the United States, Israel, and Saudi Arabia are massively, like, it's, it's loss after loss for them. Is kind of like what the picture I'm like trying to paint here is that in the well, region, we've been making mistake after mistake after mistake since we got into the Middle East. Like right. it has been one, like, like a Shakespearean comedy of errors. Didn't we just <laughs> no, drone... it's not comedy. It's like a tragedy. Didn't we just drone a farm and kill like both. 40 farmers? <laughs> yeah. We killed like 30 pine uh, farmers in Afghanistan just now. Yeah. And right. like, we were like, we think there are terrorists there. So just drop a fuckload of bombs on them and. Nope, it was just, it was just a it was just a farm. Just people, <laughs> just farming. People, I mean, add that, just minding their own that fucking the, business. Farming that, trees, like you said, pine. The, add oh, that like. to the two doctors without borders hospitals, the uh, Yemeni wedding party. You know, mm-hmm. the freaking elementary school, Afghanistan. Like, just add that to the the fucking list of just war crimes that will never go punished. God bless the United States. You guys want to go get some lunch? (laughs) (laughs) Please. And several tall drinks. All right. (laughs) Well, uh, we're wrapping up here then. Um, Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Google Play, wherever else you get podcasts. Um, You can like us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can find us on Twitter at SOTRpod. Uh, if you like our show and I mean, if you, if you get anything out of it at all, you should consider, uh, subscribing to us on Patreon, uh, at patreon.com slash Michigan progressive. Uh, I'm Benjamin Klon. Zachary Reinhardt. Mara Zumberg. Alex Sahori. Joseph Hardy. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. See you later. Bye. See ya.